everybody, get ready for Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. A foodie born and bred, my wife Nikki loves chatting up chefs, dining out, and insider industry buzz. And my husband David thinks a great meal is nothing but a good burger, a frosty brew, and a check for under $20. Because he is cheap. Well, maybe so, but foodie married beast anyway. And together we've got the food and wine variety show that has everyone talking. It's Foodie and the Beast, and we are on now. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. Uh, you want to take a break from sweating your brains out? We've got a great show today. You want to say some things before we start, I want to say right? a bunch of things. First of all, uh, even though we record this show on Saturday, Sunday, when you're listening to us, tonight is the Rammies, and we are so excited. I'm going to be up on stage presenting, uh, but all the people in the D.C. industry are going to be there uh, to hopefully win some of them, uh, and have a lot of fun because it's always an amazing party. So I hope to see so many of you there tonight. You know, I'll be in the audience introducing myself as Mr. Nikki Nellis. It's so I much I know, fun. and you have a lot of problems with that. That's yeah. what therapy is for. I'm the star, um, damn it. Right. And uh, afterwards, Zebby's is hosting an incredible after party. So you're going to be there uh, shaking your tushes. And lastly, I want you to mark your calendar. There is an amazing winemaker coming into town. His name is Giorgio Caluta. He is out of Italy, obviously, and he makes some of the best Pinot Grigios from Italy. And he will be doing a wine dinner at Cork on July 13th. Um, Another thing, Salt Line's open in Bethesda. Yay! yay Salt Line, Salt Line's open in Bethesda. All right, Bethesda. should we do our thing? Yeah, have at it. All right, so Dave Delaplane is the general manager at Roofers Union, and he's apparently a guy who feels strongly both ways. He's a craft beer guy, mm-hmm. but somebody must have handed him some mezcal at some point, so now he's got agave fever. So we're going to be talking about how Dave melds his two loves today, and we're going to be tasting some of these spirits that he brought in. That'll be fun. Uh, if you have ever had the fantasy of captaining, captaining your own boat, you can now do it. Uh, Go Boat's mission is to get us out on the Potomac with a, a consumer and environmentally friendly boat because they're all electric. Uh, and you can jet around in your boat. Laverde Phillips is the company's CEO. He's going to tell us about how you can... Uh, I can't wait. Yeah, man. I it sounds, know more about it sounds very cool. All right. Uh, and... Um, War has been declared. Uh, I think you'll love it because it's the annual War of the Roses. And here to tell okay, us all about so it today. not the way to do that. Yes, it the is. The War no. of the Roses is back. Did you do drugs before the <laughs> no, show? No, but I love my rosé. All right, but here to tell us all about it is the man, the myth, the good friend, J.P. Sabatier, mm-hmm. one of the owners of 14th Street's Jane Jane. Actually, that's the real mini bar, isn't it? It's mini. It's a bar. Thank you very much. Also and, a nominee for the Rammies. Yeah, oh boy. Mm-hmm. You're a star. All right. And uh, also with us are the folks from the Jefferson. The Jefferson's food and beverage manager, Jonathan uh, Avis, uh, joins us because the hotel is marketing mark, not marketing and marking the <laughs> centennial of the building that the hotel has uh, ha- been housed in since 1955. And they've got all kinds of stuff, uh, great offerings in the signature restaurant, which is called the Greenhouse. Uh, and there's way more to talk about, including a really special package. It includes jewelry, Nikki, so you should be interested. I know, I'm all over it. Yeah, there we go. Why do you uh, think I booked it? I know, I'm <laughs> sure. Well, I hope you didn't bring it because I ain't buying it. All okay. right, let's go to Dave. Dave. Hi, Dave. How are you? Hey, I'm great. How are you? Good. So we haven't seen you in quite some time. I hate, I'm sure we've seen you at Roofers Union, but I remember you from your Ripple days. Absolutely, yep. So Ripple was a great restaurant. It was a great restaurant. R.I.P. R.I.P. Ripple. So let's talk about what you've been doing at Roofers Union. Yeah, so in the last year, we said goodbye to Jug and Table, uh, which Mm -hmm. is kind of our last connection to Ripple in some ways, since it was more of a wine theme. 
and decided just to kind of go in a different direction. We explored a couple avenues, ended up with really falling in love with mezcal and tequila, particularly just the varietals of agave, Mm -hmm. and have definitely jumped off the deep end into that foray. Uh, I don't know that I would tell people that you jumped off the deep end into into mezcal. (laughs) Okay. But isn't tequila and mezcal made from agave? Yes. Okay. So tequila is made from a a specific varietal of agave, Blue Mm -hmm. Weber agave, and then with mezcals you have Espadine, which is very similar to that, and then you have like thirty some odd more right, there's varietals. There's all these like to, varietals, yes, right? exactly. So, how did you sort of go on that deep dive to do the research? Because we we had somebody discussing mezcal recently he from went to Mexico. Mexico and he drank yeah, it, yeah, and I he mean, drank it, and yeah. he really loved it. But <laughs> it's such a, it's just really blowing up in the states in like the last ten years. So how did you do your deep dive? So we just were tasting with a lot of different distributors and everybody in the city. Mm-hmm. And when it you know, when it really started to click for us is when we started tasting side by side, same producer, but totally different varietals. And you're like, wow, this has the same variation that wines have. It's really cool, really distinct. Well, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, we've all been you know, at the bar when somebody loads up shooters and says, everybody drinking. It's usually tequila. Uh, but it's got to burn. Um, and the mezcals that we've tried here, just are, they seem smoother. Is that generally how that is or no? Definitely. I mean, there's going to be mezcals that will elicit that same burn, uh, mm-hmm. just like there's tequilas that aren't going to burn as much. Uh, but what you get into with the mezcals is there's just some of them are smoky, but definitely, and people think of them as smoky, but they're definitely not all smoky. And it all has to do with how they're made. There's a ton of different variation in the processes and you get a totally different final product. Yeah, we saw a film on it. It's really cool. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so what are we drinking first? So the first the, the first one we're going to have is <laughs> called the Sunrise Spritz. It's kind of like a Aperol Spritz meets a Tequila Sunrise. Hmm. Uh, really delicious. Meets a, little bit of, meets a headache. Right, thank you. <laughs> it, you know, as long as you're using good products, the headache shouldn't come in too hard, <laughs> or unless you have too much. Right. Well, okay, you get to and that. And this is perfect because I'm going to be drinking a Sunrise Spritz while I'm on Go Boat, or yes. maybe I'm not. All right, so Lavert Phillips is with us. He is a well-traveled guy. He actually was in the uh, spirits biz for a long time. Oh, look at and, that. And uh, he, he told me the story. You're going to tell it now, but he discovered Go Boat in Copenhagen, right? Yeah, in Copenhagen. Um, I was on a trip uh, with Absolute visiting Sweden and Ajos, and our trip wrapped up in, um, in Malmo, and I saw this little boat in the water, and it looked like it said rent me on it. So mm. that morning I went out and rented it, and... Um, I went to extend my trip over in Copenhagen across the water from Malmo, and I saw some more electric boats, and I thought, man, this will be great if we could pull this off in the U.S. some kind of way. Right. And um, so Go Boat was the, was the first electric boat that I jumped on, and um, it's, it's been a love affair ever since. So can we talk about the sort of the mechanics of an electric boat? Like, you know, we have so much water here in the D.C. area, marinas, et cetera. And but I don't know if people really understand what an electric boat like how it works and how it's executed and how we can use it. You well, know? well, the, the 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 one way to look at it is a boat is a boat, so it's going to float, right? <laughs> then you have to. I it's wish, better. I, you know what? I really I wish I had said that. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> and then you have to figure out how you're going to get propulsion on the boat. So mm-hmm. generally, in in most boats that you that you've been on, you have uh, gas powered engines. So what we have is a boat that's made by um, one of our partners, Carl Rand, and um, it's a Rand boat. Um, It's called the Picnic 18, and then we put electric motors on them so that we keep our our 
footprint down our, you know, our carbon footprint. Keep it super down. sustainable yeah. and healthy. Can we, can we talk about the actual concept? Boat. Yeah. All right. Uh, I, I hear Go Boat. Tell me what I'm getting. Tell me how it works. What you're going to get is you're going to come down to one of our locations here at the wharf or at the National Harbor. Mm-hmm. You're going to get a boat that uh, holds up to eight people. Um, you can opt to put seat cushions on it, a bimini top, and um, you have your music. And all we want you to do is bring the party with you, bring your loved ones, a place, find a place to socialize. But a designated driver, right? Yeah, if you're going to yeah, yeah, yeah. be drinking, we're going to need one person to remain sober on the boat. Um, of course. But, uh, yeah, and you bring your food, bring your drinks, and just sail out and socially engage on the water. And wow. are, is there a limited... Yeah, I mean, in other like, words, is there a rope out there to, somewhere that says this yes. is as far as you can go? Or No, so what we do is we give a map of a, of the area where we sail in. It's generally always in very um, protected areas, so no wake zones. Mm-hmm. So at the wharf, it's the entire length of the Washington Channel, which is a six-mile-per-hour no-wake zone. Okay. So we give you a route and say, okay, if you're going to be out for an hour, this is the route we suggest you take. Mm-hmm. Um, and generally, people kind of follow it. And the same thing with the National Harbor. So you're just sailing around. You get to look back at the harbor so you can see it. Or Which is so pretty. At the, wharf. the wharf, right. Yeah, Beautiful yeah. sights. Yeah. And what made you decide on this market to start it? Well, you know, this was home. Um, okay. So I've been living here for the last 15 years. and. You just, you know, D.C. has a law that states that in order to operate any vessel on the water, you need to have a license. Right. So it it made it hard for some people who've never been out of the water, never been a captain of a boat. This gives everyone an opportunity to come out and try and see what it feels like. Well, that was my first question. Is it like bumper cars out there? (laughs) (laughs) Well, bumper boats. And we try to keep everybody away from one another, but um, you know, we we in the last three and a half years, we've had no incidents. So okay, well that's knock good. On wood. Knock on wood. <laughs> so, do people get for people who have never driven a boat before? Is there a little tutorial before they get up there? Yeah. So when you book with us, um, we have a little fun quiz. It's just some ten questions that give you a, a little hint or look into what would be on the actual boater safety course. Mm-hmm. And then we ask you to get there about 15 minutes early. And um, we show you how to operate the boat, where you can operate the boat, and we show you where all the safety equipment is. Oh, so it makes it super doable. Super but you bring, you bring your own food, you bring your own whatever. Yep, you can decorate the boat, put tablecloths on it. It has a picnic table in the center, so it's designed to really just socialize, eat. Well, one drink. of the things I read in your materials that you give kids, you give out fishing nets to kids on the boat so they can learn how to clean the water of any rubbish, or, you know, and as a, oh, I love that. they get a prize for their efforts and all that. I mean, that's very smart. Yeah, that you know, that's um, our partners over in Copenhagen came up with that great idea. And um, and the kids really get into it, you know, they because it's like who can collect the most trash out of the out of the waterways, and uh, it gives the kids something to do while they're cruising around with their parents. A lot of the kids want to drive. Uh, we encourage everyone to drive the boat. So whether you're you really, one, yeah, whether you're one years old or. 50, 60, 70. Yeah, okay, you're you going to put okay. a one-year-old in the okay. Sure you are. <laughs> okay. Can you so imagine? Our- can we talk? I've <laughs> never driven a boat in my life. I wouldn't even know where to begin. So can we talk about, and the water isn't rough or anything. Like, it's fine. Super calm. But let's talk okay. about propulsion and how you start and stop and all yeah. that. Uh, well, one thing about a boat is I don't know if we've gotten into any boats that have brakes. So what you're going to really want to do is know that a boat, the only way you can really make it stop is to go backwards. Um, so if you're going forward, just pull the throttle back a little bit and reverse, and then that'll give you the braking feel. But um, it's really easy to do. Um, you know, my kids are, one just turned 13 and 9, mm-hmm. and they love coming out and driving. I'll bet the they do. 
Well, it just sounds like such a wonderful way yeah. to spend the day. What about, like, are people jumping off the boats and going swimming? Like, no. Where are we on all that? Well, so, you know, we don't allow people to swim or fish off the boats. Okay. Um, quite honestly, you don't really want to get into Washington Channel if you can avoid it. <laughs> okay. Um, it's not that the water is harmful or anything, but you just don't. Well, there are currents, it. too. And, and you've got no current. lifeguards, so... You don't want anybody in the water. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to tell people how they can make this all happen for them. This is David and Nikki Nellis, Foodie and the Beast. We'll be back in just a sec. Okay, so anybody who knows me knows that if it's sports, I will watch it on TV, except for cricket. I don't do cricket. But I love going (laughs) to watch my sports at Nick's Riverside Grill in Georgetown. It's fabulous. They've got 21 TV screens down there. Uh, They've got a great selection of beers the food is terrific. They've got a dish called the Crazy Big Nachos that is exactly as described, and a Detroit-style deep-dish pizza that's just nuts. And there's nothing like watching a game, stuffing your face with a bunch of people that are enjoying it just like you are. Nick's Riverside Grill in Georgetown. If you love sports and you love fun food, go there. All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. We're talking to J.P. Sabatier from Jane Jane about the War of the Rosés. Well, mm-hmm. and it's happening all month long in July. Right. But as I was telling JP off air, we were at an unnamed restaurant on July fourth that was slammed, and they ran out of rosé. So I'm just sort of curious: how are you going to keep it all in stock? And what are you going to plan on? What are the kinds of rosés you're going to plan on serving? Sure. So we actually have we have two on the menu. We currently have a couple of different rosés. I have a sparkling rosé, which is uh, French. Um, I have this lovely, the rosé that I brought today, which I actually mm-hmm. brought specifically because it reminds me of my relationship with David. It's called <laughs> love, love You Bunches. bunches. And David, Aww. I love you bunches. Mm-hmm. Isn't that sweet? Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't even have a retort. <laughs> I'm like speechless. All right. Um, we're also doing a rosé cocktail, so we're incorporating a sparkling rosé and doing a take on an Aperol spritz using rosé, sparkling rosé. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Um, Maybe some large format bottles as well to if if we have a larger group that wants to Do not get. Do you have a preference on rosé? Like I personally love French rosé, yeah. especially from the Provencal region. Sure. And listen, California is coming out with some good rosés. I'm not a What you're drinking right now is California. I know it, it looks Cote de Provence. So yeah, I think that there's so many different types of rosé. When you start thinking about like rosé that's coming out of Spain, right. which has a lot more it has like a more vibrant color and, and much a lot deeper more minerality. Yeah. yeah. This this uh I am like you. I like a, a French style Cote de Provence. It's like mm-hmm. dry, um very refreshing, has some of that like red currant, has mm-hmm. some raspberry notes to it and again it's just like so easy to drink. Right. Um yeah, I think you some go. of the other ones are a little more complex. Yeah. You know, certainly. even the Italian ones especially. Yes, of course. Um and Spanish, I agree, but it is and it is Drinkable all year round. Of course. Right? It's not just yeah. for summertime. Okay. But we do want to raise funds. Yeah, of now. course. Again, it's just such a it's a it's a great opportunity to uh, there's some really great specials that are be that are gonna be um, running all month long. Mm-hmm. Um at all these restaurants that are just promoting a really uh, they're also um, promoting a good cause and donating money to a good cause. So well, why not why not drink rose and and participate for a good cause. We're here for it. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for coming in and sharing. Of course. I'll miss you. Okay. Calm and down. hopefully we'll see you on stage tomorrow night. Knock on wood. Right. Where's More woods to knock on. Where's the boats you know what? when we if, need them? If you don't, if you don't drink, what? if you don't drink, if you don't win, we'll sit out there and patio pound rosé. Because <laughs> I'll be in the audience. <laughs> right. We're gonna be pounding rosé anyway. Yeah, All right. That's it. All, All right. right. Thanks, so, JP. Thank you. Let's start. Our next guest is, is, no, is a great. You're wrong. 
We what? go back to our drink segment. Oh, we're going back to Dave Delaplane. We're yes. Gonna, we're going to hey, pound, Dave. pound hey, some, mez- pound so some this mezcal. this is really lovely. Yeah, isn't that delicious? Yes, it's kind of rosé-y. I wouldn't know. I'm going to try in a minute. Mm. Are you mixing up any rosé in your cocktails as well, or no? It's enough Not the in this mezcal. one. The last one did have a sparkling wine component. Mm-hmm. Uh, it had some Prosecco in it, but this one is just uh, mezcal. It's cathedral mezcal, which is like a father-daughter combo. Uh, we got to meet them at Mexico in a Bottle mm-hmm. and kind of fell in love with their spirit. This is, again, it's a combo of Espadine and Mex- Mexicano for the varietals, mm-hmm. uh, so you get a little bit more complexity to it. I uh, love it. It's it's with grapefruit, um, Campari. Yeah. So, so we, we, wait, no, no, no. Before, we were talking about smokiness when it, yeah. with mezcal, and a lot of people think they don't like mezcal because of the smokiness. What is it about the smokiness, and is it... You know, like when you think of like California Chardonnay, it's super buttery. Ex- like that's yeah. why I don't like it because it's overdone. Is that what's happened with some of those mezcals? I think so. I think I think you know, ten years ago, it was kind of mezcal had made a name for itself being that smoky element. So if you wanted a smoky element in like a cocktail or something like that, you could bring in one of those smoky mezcals and mm-hmm. get a really cool cocktail with it. But standalone on its own, they weren't always the best for sipping unless you were in that mood. Mm-hmm. I think now you can have this one actually has a little bit more smoke than some. I would say okay. Um, which comes through really nicely. You get kind of a delicate smokiness on the finish of the cocktail. Yeah, it's not definitely it's not, not overpowering. A, it's not unpleasing, yeah. Yeah. right? Just like a Chardonnay with a little bit of that richness is delicious, but mm-hmm. you don't want overpowering. Yeah. Right. All right. When we come back, I want to talk about your mezcal education, how that all happened. Absolutely. Because you were a beard dude. Still am. Still am. All right. So <laughs> now mm-hmm. let's start with this story. The Jefferson Hotel has been around since 1955. I used to have lunch there with my dad when I was a wee lad. Mm. Um, and the building that you, you occupy is, is that 100 when you years thought old. people were mixing red wine and white wine? <laughs> no, that's when rose. I thought about marrying somebody else. That's <laughs> You already married a lot of other people. I know. I ran out of people. Does anybody here want to get married? Anyway. All right. So, so it, um, and the hotel, the, the hotel is now celebrating the centennial really of the, of the building's existence mm. with a great celebration. We're joined by Jonathan Avis, who is the F&B uh, manager at the uh, hotel, correct? Yes, no sir. relation to the car rental people? Oh, no, I don't. That's your tough luck. <laughs> what a tough luck that is. All right. Um, and um, Jonathan, why don't we talk about – I'm just going to turn it over to you because you've got a lot going out at the Greenhouse, which is your signature restaurant. And you've got this special package in the presidential suite that is too cool for words. So. But I want to talk about the greenhouse because there there was a change there. You were a different restaurant for a while, but it's still fine dining. You know, in a in a time where fine dining is changing, especially in this city. So can we talk about greenhouse and how it's being executed? Um, Chef Fabio Salvatore is coming in, and he's bringing his European influences as well as Chef Tony Brosso. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has his French influences as well. They're coming out with a more simple menu, uh, coming, put, putting out flavors as well as giving the guests the experience that they really missed from beforehand, before right. pre-COVID. Uh, right now we're introducing the concept of the gatekeeping. Right now when I've been watching guests coming in, they see the gates. Right when you walk into Jefferson, right. you see the gates. And they would just look behind the gates. What's going on behind those gates? It is beautiful. And one of those things, I would open up and invite people into the Jefferson, into that dining room right there. Mm-hmm. And they did a new menu coming up with, as you can see right here, is they want to do a bubbles and bites coming up with caviar, champagne. More booze. <laughs> <laughs> booze right. and bites. I guess I'm driving home. <laughs> yes. 
know, when I came in here, I saw all these strings coming out. I was like, whoa. Yes. <laughs> we came to play. Right. right. We came to play. No. Um, so Bubbles and Bites as as part of uh, like for a snack menu, like talk us through well, how you're like doing an appetizer it. Appetizer menu, kind of like a happy hour menu, I'd mm-hmm. say. From five to seven, Tuesday to Friday, we kind of want some guests to come in, see, have a couple of drinks. We see a lot of people coming from work and just see their own coworkers. They're, oh, you're, you're doing, what are you doing here for happy right. hour? So just inviting them then. And then. this is in the greenhouse, not in the bar, not right? Not in the cool bar. It's going to be right there in the greenhouse. Okay. Right when you walk in, you have a bottle of champagne, a little bit of. Caviar, salmon tartare, more towards the seafood area. Mm-hmm. Just to have little nice bites. You're welcome to have cocktails there as well. But it's like right there under uh, the sunlight. It's so pretty. So that's one of those concepts we want people to come in and enjoy. Just have a casual happy hour there. If you want to stay for dinner, because we do offer the dinner menu right there after. Well, you, mm-hmm. you've used the word casual a couple of times. I mean, the, the, the Jefferson is such a refined spot, okay? Um, yeah, bubbles and caviar is not casual. No, 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 no. But, but it... You know, you've talked about simplifying the menu and the offering there. Is there a sense that in the past the hotel was a little intimidating for some people and they, they maybe they shied away from it, even if they had the money, that because, you know, it's such a posh place? Maybe beforehand I would say they would feel that way, but now it's just more trying to get people to feel more inviting in because a lot of people enjoy that ambiance, the decor right there. Oh, it's Which, beautiful. I mean, But maybe – they would feel that way beforehand, but right now we're just, we want guests to come inside and enjoy what we used to be before COVID mm-hmm. and just enjoy the nice fresh food that Fabio comes in. So let's talk about what you brought in today. So you brought in some caviar, which, I mean, I can't believe the vultures in this studio are not like like hanging over Well, you'll you know who's sitting closest being to Being like caviar. Mm. So um, can we talk about the kind of caviar you carry and how you're serving it and what you're doing? So we're doing a set of caviar. Mm-hmm. Friends right there. Uh, we're serving it just this caviar for now. We also have salmon tartare, a couple of bellinis there. We're mm-hmm. doing a gatekeeping special where you get a half bottle of champagne, also with a bit of caviar there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of those nice and refreshing things that we like. Uh, there's only one type of caviar right now. We're slowly trying to find different types to up and coming with the menu. Up and coming well. kind of caviars, yeah. yeah. Well, so this is Petrosian. Yeah, Petrosian. It's a good way to start. You can certainly open that while we're sitting here. <laughs> I don't know. Wait, why talk about crass opportunism. Don't let that ice get into that. No, caviar. no. I mean, and it's my show, so open it up. Uh, so now, are you able to speak about the partnership with the Tiny Jewel Box? Yes. So we're doing that. Uh, it's going to be actually called the Heirloom Package that we're right? doing. Uh, it's minimum one one night stay. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be. I thought you were going to say one night stand. I was like, okay. Uh, uh, well, whatever you wait, do, wait, it's wait, whatever you do. Oh, no, no, wait, wait, wait. That was so did, hard. did my wife just say okay? <laughs> That's great. Did you hear tiny jewelry hear box? Bring, uh, tiny jewel box. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. You're walking home. <laughs> I brought my own car. Um, right over here because I don't want to get away right That's there. fine. That's right. Close uh, to me. Yeah, good. so let's talk about the package. So the package is going to be a minimum one night stay. Uh, mm-hmm. You also get included in the package a dinner at the greenhouse, which include which Fabio Salvatore will do a custom tasting menu for you at just a little table right there in the corner that's like the nook table that has a nice chandelier right on top. Mm-hmm. So Fabio will do a custom tasting menu there for your time for your night that you stay there. It's a one night stay in the presidential in the suite. presidential suite. And this you get, sounds lovely. And that bracelet that you'll get there, including with the tiny jewel box, will be. Uh, based off those gatekeep those gates right there up front, so the design of that bracelet is based on those gates. Ten carats of diamonds. Let's say that 
And I have the price here, but I'm going to let you say what the price is. Starting at $60,000. You either got it or you Starting. don't. I only got $59,999 on me. What am I going to do? Wow. $60,000. Must be quite a night, huh? Yeah, well, you know what? If you're going to do something special, that's the way to do it. So this is a, this is a limited edition jewelry piece. Celebrate our 100 years. That they created for you. That's spectacular. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Great. All right. So um, are you going to – are we going to – What? Do you want caviar? Well, we can. Why don't we take a break and then we come back and okay. we can get into it. Right. This is David and Nikki Nellis, Foodie and the Beast. We'll be back in just a sec. All right. We're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. We're talking to J.P. Sabatier from Jane Jane about the War of the Rosés. Well, and, and it's happening all month long in July. Right. But as I was telling J.P. off air – we were at an unnamed restaurant on July 4th that was slammed, and they ran out of rosé. So I'm just sort of curious, how are you going to keep it all in stock? And what are Coke. you going to plan on, what are the kinds of rosés you're going to plan on serving? Sure. So we actually have, we have two, on the menu we currently have a couple of different rosés. I have a sparkling rosé, which is uh, French. Um, I have this lovely... The rosé that I brought today, which I actually mm-hmm. brought specifically because it reminds me of my relationship with David. It's called <laughs> love, love You Bunches. bunches. And David, Aww. I love you bunches. Mm-hmm. Isn't that sweet? Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't even have a retort. <laughs> I'm like speechless. <laughs> All right. Um, we're also doing a rosé cocktail, so we're incorporating a sparkling rosé and doing a take on an Aperol spritz using rosé, sparkling rosé. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Um, Maybe some large format bottles as well. To if if we have a larger group that wants to not get. Do you have a preference on rosé? Like I personally love French rosé, especially from the Provencal region. Sure. And listen, California is coming out with some good rosés. I'm not. What you're drinking right now is California. I know it looks Cote de Provence. So yeah, I think that there's so many different types of rosé. When you start thinking about like rosé that's coming out of Spain, which has a lot more, it has like a more vibrant color and And much deeper minerality. Yeah, Yeah. this this uh, I'm like you. I like a a French style Cote de Provence. It's like Mm dry, um, very refreshing. Has some of that like red currant. Has mm-hmm. some raspberry notes to it, and again, it's just like so easy to drink. Right. Um, yeah, I think you some go. of the other ones are a little more complex. Yeah, you know, certainly. Even the Italian ones, especially. Yes, of course. Um, and Spanish, I agree, but it is, and it is drinkable all year round. Of course, right? It's not just yeah. for summertime. Okay. But we do want to raise funds. Yeah, of now. course. Again, it's just such a it's a it's a great opportunity to. Uh, there's some really great specials that are be that are going to be um, running all month long. Mm-hmm. Um, at all these restaurants that are just promoting a really uh, they're also um, promoting a good cause and donating money to a good cause so well, why not why not drink rosé and and participate for a good cause we're here for it yeah. alright well thank you for coming in and sharing of course I'll miss you okay Calm and down. hopefully we'll see you on stage tomorrow night knock on wood right Where's more woods to knock on where's the boats you know when we if, need them if you don't if you don't drink what? if you don't drink if you don't win we'll sit out there and patio pound rosé <laughs> Because I'll be in the audience. <laughs> right. We're going to be pounding rosé anyway. Yeah, All right. That's it. All, All right. right. Thanks, so, Thank you. Let's start. Our next guest is, is, no, is a great. No, you're wrong. We go back to our drink segment. Oh, we're going back to Dave Delaplane. We're yes. Gonna, we're going to hey, pound. Hey, Dave. Pound hey, some how are you? Pound so some this mezcal. was really lovely. Yeah, isn't that delicious? Yes, it's kind of rosé-y. I wouldn't know. <laughs> I'm try in a minute. Mm. Are you mixing up any rosé in your cocktails as well, or no? It's enough Not with the in this mezcal. one. The last one did have a sparkling wine component. Mm-hmm. Uh, it had some Prosecco in it. But this one is just uh, mezcal. It's cathedral mezcal, which is like a father-daughter combo. Uh, we got to meet them at Mexico in a Bottle mm-hmm. and kind of fell in love with their spirit. 
This is, again, it's a combo of Espadine and Mex- Mexicano for the varietals. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you get a little bit more complexity to it. I uh, love it. It's it's with grapefruit, um, Campari. Cool. Yeah. So, so we, you, wait, no, no, no. Before, uh, we were talking about smokiness when it, yeah. with Mezcal. And a lot of people think they don't like Mezcal because of the smokiness. What is it about the smokiness? And is it... You know, like when you think of like California Chardonnay, it's super buttery. Ex- like that's yeah. why I don't like it because it's overdone. Is that what's happened with some of those mezcals? I think so. I think I think you know, ten years ago, it was kind of mezcal had made a name for itself being that smoky element. So if you wanted a smoky element in like a cocktail or something like that, you could bring in one of those smoky mezcals mm-hmm. and get a really cool cocktail with it. But standalone on its own, they weren't always the best for sipping unless you were in that mood. Mm-hmm. I think now you can have this one actually has a little bit more smoke than some. I would say okay. Um, which comes through really nicely. You get kind of a delicate smokiness on the finish of the cocktail. Yeah, it's not definitely it's not, not overpowering. A, it's not unpleasing, yeah. Yeah. right? Just like a Chardonnay with a little bit of that richness is delicious, but mm-hmm. you don't want overpowering. Yeah. Right. All right. When we come back, I want to talk about your mezcal education, how that all happened. Absolutely. Because you were a beard dude. Still am. Still am. All right. So <laughs> now mm-hmm. let's start with this story. The Jefferson Hotel has been around since 1955. I used to have lunch there with my dad when I was a wee lad. Mm-hmm. Um, and the building that you, you occupy is, is that 100 years old. when you thought old. people were mixing red wine and white wine? <laughs> no, that's when I thought about marrying somebody else. That's <laughs> You already I married a lot of other people. I know. I ran out of people. Does anybody here want to get married? Anyway. All right. So, so it... Um, and the hotel, the hotel is now celebrating the centennial, really, of the of the building's existence mm. with a great celebration. We're joined by Jonathan Avis, who is the F and B uh, manager at the uh, hotel. Correct? Yes, no sir. relation to the car rental people. Oh no, I don't. That's your tough luck. <laughs> what a tough luck that is. All right, um, and um, Jonathan, why don't we talk about? I'm just going to turn it over to you because you've got a lot going out at the greenhouse, which is your signature restaurant. And you've got this special package in the presidential suite that is too cool for words. So. But I want to talk about the greenhouse because there there was a change there. You were a different restaurant for a while, but it's still fine dining. You know, in a in a time where fine dining is changing, especially in this city. So can we talk about greenhouse and how it's being executed? Um, Chef Fabio Salvatore is coming in, and he's bringing his European influences as well as Chef Tony Broso. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has his French influences as well. They're coming out with a more simple menu, uh, come put, putting out flavors as well as giving the guests the experience that they really missed from beforehand, before right. pre-COVID. Uh, right now we're introducing the concept of the gatekeeping. Right now when I've been watching guests coming in, they see the gates. Right when you walk into Jefferson, right. you see the gates. And they would just look behind the gates. What's going on behind those gates? It is beautiful. And one of those things I really want to open up and invite people into the Jefferson, into that dining room right there. Mm-hmm. And they did a new menu coming up with, as you can see right here, is they want to do a bubbles and bites coming up with caviar, champagne. More booze. <laughs> booze and bites. I guess I'm driving home. <laughs> I, when I came in here, I saw all these drinks coming out. I was like, whoa. Yes. <laughs> We came to play. Right. right. We came to play. No. um, So bubbles and bites as as part of uh, like for a snack menu. Like talk us through how you're doing it. Appetizer menu. Kind of like a happy hour menu, I would Mm -hmm. say. From five to seven, Tuesday to Friday. We kind of want some guests to come in, see, have a couple of drinks. We see a lot of people coming from work and just see their own coworkers. They're, oh, you're you're doing, what are you doing here for happy hour? So just inviting them then. And them. this is in the greenhouse, not in the bar, not right? Not the cool bar. It's going to be right there in the greenhouse. Okay. Right when you walk in, you have a bottle of champagne, a little bit of 
caviar, salmon tartare, more towards a seafood area. Mm-hmm. Just to have little nice bites. You're welcome to have cocktails there as well. But it's like right there under uh, the sunlight. It's so pretty. So that's one of those concepts you want people to come in and enjoy. Just have a casual happy hour there. If you want to stay for dinner, because we do offer the dinner menu right there after. Well, you, mm-hmm. you've used the word casual a couple of times. I mean, the, the, the Jefferson is such a refined spot, okay? Um, yeah, bubbles and caviar is not casual. No, 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 no. But, but it, you know, you've talked about simplifying the menu and the offering there. Is there a sense that in the past the hotel was a little intimidating for some people and they, they maybe they shied away from it, even if they had the money, because, you know, it's such a posh place? Maybe beforehand I'd say they would feel that way, but now it's just more trying to get people to feel more inviting in because a lot of people enjoy that ambiance. The decor right there. Oh, it's would, beautiful. I mean, but maybe they would feel that way beforehand. But right now, we're just we want guests to come inside and enjoy what we used to be before COVID, mm-hmm. and just enjoy the nice fresh food that Fabio comes in. So let's talk about what you brought in today. So you brought in some caviar, which I mean, I can't believe the vultures in this studio are not like like hanging over. Well, you'll you, know who's sitting closest being to being like caviar. Mm. So um, can we talk about the kind of caviar you carry and how you're serving it and what you're doing? So we're doing uh, a such a caviar, mm-hmm. little friends right there. Uh, we're serving in just this caviar for now. We also have salmon tartare, a couple of bellinis there. We're mm-hmm. doing a gatekeeping special where you get a half bottle of champagne, also with a bit of caviar there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of those nice and refreshing things that we like. Uh, there's only one type of caviar right now. We're slowly trying to find different types to up and coming with the menu. Up and coming well. caviars, yeah. yeah. Well, so this is Petrosian. Yeah, Petrosian. Right. Good way to start. You can certainly open that while we're sitting here. Talking. <laughs> I don't know. Well, why. talk about crass opportunism. Don't let that ice get into that. No, caviar. no. I mean, and it's my show, so open it up. Uh, so now, are you able to speak about the partnership with the Tiny Jewel Box? Yes. So we're doing that. Uh, it's going to be actually called the Heirloom Package that we're right? doing. Uh, it's minimum one one night stay. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be. I thought you were going to say one night stand. I was like, okay. Uh, uh, well, whatever you wait, dare. Wait, whatever wait, you wait, dare. Oh, no, no, wait, wait, wait. That's did, so hard. did my wife just say okay? <laughs> That's great. Did you hear tiny jewelry hear box? Bring, uh, tiny jewel box. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. You're walking home. <laughs> I brought my own car. Um, yeah, right over here because I don't want to get away. Right that's there. fine. That's right. Close uh, to me. Yeah, so let's talk about the package. So the package is going to be a. Minimum one night stay. Uh, mm-hmm. You also get included in the package a dinner at the greenhouse, which include which uh, Fabio Salvatore will do a custom tasting menu for you at just a little table right there in the corner. That's like the nook table that has a nice chandelier right on top. Mm-hmm. So Fabio will do a custom tasting menu there for your time for your night that you stay there. It's a one night stay in the presidential in the presidential suite. suite. And this you get, sounds lovely. And that bracelet that you'll get there, including with the tiny jewel box, will be. Uh, based off those gatekeep those gates right there up front, so the design of that bracelet is based on those gates. Ten carats of diamonds. Let's say that, and I have the price here, but I'm going to let you say what the price is. Starting at sixty thousand dollars. You either got it or you Starting. don't. I only got fifty nine nine ninety nine on me. What am I going to do? Wow, sixty thousand dollars. Must be quite a night, huh? Yeah. Well, you know what? If you're going to do something special, that's the way to do it. So this is a this is a limited edition jewelry piece. Celebrate our hundred years that they created for you. That's spectacular. Mm-hmm. Whoa! Great. All right. So, um, are you going to? Are we going to? What? Do you want caviar? Well, we can. Why don't we take a break and then we come back? Okay. We can get into it. All this right. is David and Nikki Nellis, Foodie and the Beast. We'll be back in just a sec.
Okay, we are back on Food and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis, and we've been joined by Jonathan Avis, who's the food and beverage manager at the Jefferson Hotel. And Jonathan, we've talked a lot about gatekeeping and about the you know the, the centennial uh, celebration, but let's talk about the Quill Bar because the Quill Bar is not only it's such a sexy space. It's the coolest bar there is, except for Jane oh, except Jane. Except for Jane Jane. Oh, Jane Jane's wife. <laughs> oh, wait. And Agape. No, and, 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 and Rupert's <laughs> Union. And, I mean, jeez. I'm going to have to kill myself after this. But uh, no, the Quill Bar is really someplace special. And, and I mean, I won't name names. But every time I've been there, I've seen... You know, the people that are in there are the people who run Is the country. Is this when you were little with your dad? No, or? I was a bigger boy then. Okay, I'm just checking. No, no, they used to let me in when I was four, and they okay. wouldn't card me. <laughs> um, no, but I mean, the, the, it's a, it, it is one of two or three in the city power bars. Um, so what's special there for you guys? For us, we love how the bartenders, they're all mixologists, and we let them come up with the menu. Uh, mm-hmm. One of our bar managers loves how each bartender is actually very creative, and they're really funny with the names. They do some of the names based off old TV shows from the 80s and 90s. And they they have a lot of fun with the naming. Mm-hmm. But they all come up with their cocktails. They all make these relationships with guests when it comes to either the guests who work right across the street, guests who come from all over the country. But they make these connections with the guests that you really can't make anywhere. Across the street, like the White House across the street? Mm-hmm. White yeah, House, any, anyone all around. Right. But around that whole area, they have made those connections. And they just love to come in, talk about their children. Uh, they ask about my bartender's children as well. So it's really the connection that we have with the guests right up front. Very family-like. It's nice when people have relationships with the bars that they go to, with the their, restaurants they go to. Tenders. You know, that they that that's, I think, the best part about the hospitality industry is being able to have these relationships with people that is more than just transactional, right? Oh, yes. It's great seeing it from firsthand as well as seeing how they just love talking to them, just take their time with the guests, enjoy mm-hmm. giving that real big guest experience. Well, the space, too, is really intimate, and it's, it's just mm-hmm. it's a great bar. Exactly. All right, can we wrap up with uh, just a recap on what's going on for the Centennial yes. and the, and the uh, and everybody, special please, package? And everybody, please, there are spoons and bellinis and caviar. Please, again. please try all of this. So oh, some okay. of the salmon tartare oh, okay. here. Okay, I will. Except for you, Dave, because we're coming to you next. So we have the salmon tartare here. It's going to be one of our... Things that we're offering at the gatekeeping menu. Mm-hmm. Gatekeeping menu is going to be open from Tuesday to Friday from five to seven. Uh, it's just one of those things that chef really wants guests to come in and enjoy caviar, have some champagne, and some cocktails there. Don't go away from the Quill Bar. You're welcome to go to Quill Bar if you want some cocktails, especially talk to the bartenders there. Mm-hmm. But we have that as well as if you're welcome to stay in for dinner, might as well try some of the greenhouse dinner menu options. Great, right? And, and we're air- a fan of the chef, so we can't wait to get the back. heirloom package, this special package, and the presidential suite with those few diamonds added in. Uh, how long is that offered? It's going to be offered all summer. All, yeah, all summer uh, until the fall. Uh, start saving your shekels, Nikki. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. I'm not buying you something. <laughs> you're buying me something. I've already done that. All, all right. right. Thanks very much, Jonathan. That's Thank great. You. Let's go back to Dave Delaplane. Dave, I want to know because you're a, you're a, a beer dude from the yes. word go. You know, you discovered you had it. You had a drink somewhere, and you were like, "This is awesome." But I mean, your whole education was in brewing and craft beers and and all of that. So, how did you go? Because you know a lot clearly. Yeah, how did that happen? It all. So, I mean, the beer the beer sort of love started actually working. Back in Ripple days, I was at Ripple. and What a great the, name for a place, anyway. <laughs> at the end of every shift, uh, instead of tasting wines, I'd grab a bottle of beer from the, the shop next door and share it with staff. And then eventually the GM was like, why don't you take over the beer program? And, you know, it's a wine bar. It wasn't beer-focused right. at all, but I did it there. And then when we opened Ripple's Union, I came over and did it there. So it's certainly something that I've I've 
truly developed a love for beer, but the same approach is kind of, you know, once I learned a little bit about Mezcal, it was like, all right, I can, you know, that same getting into the geekiness of it, the different aspects of it. There's so much variety in the palate, you know, when you I mean, did you have to go to basically grad school in Mexico to, to, to learn all I'm this I'm hoping stuff? that comes soon. I haven't, haven't, uh, okay. I'll I'll I haven't advanced that far to that. yet. Yeah, that I, I will speak to someone step. on your behalf. Yes, don't please, worry. please. But I mean, how did it work? Could you, you, you know, you know a lot. So how did it happen? How'd you get it? Just for beer, for for no, mezcal, for mezcal, for mezcal. Uh, just tasting through a ton of it, and gosh, at the beginning, like there's stuff that I've gone back that that I couldn't appreciate in the beginning of of tasting through it, and then we've gone back to it and I've been like, wow, this is amazing. So it, the more you taste, the more the more that palate develops. It's really exciting. Well, let's sort of talk about that because with any with anything, whether it's coffee, wine, beer, spirits, you do have to develop your palate, right? You have to train it to understand the complexities that you're looking for. So, you know, like I think about my experience with wine, right? I mean, it did start on White Zinfandel. Like that was the wine I started with because what did I know? And then, you know, now I I would never touch that, but not that there's anything wrong with it. It's just a little (laughs) sweet for my taste. You're making friends here. (laughs) But the same is very true when it comes to beer, coffee, and, you know, mezcal, different spirits. So what is, where did your education take you? How did you grow your palate to develop, yeah, you know, I, like I, what you liked with it? I think with, with really anything, you know, it's all about the more exposure you have, you start to pick out, especially when you can try things side by side, you can mm-hmm. start to pick out the subtleties, what you like, what you don't like. Mm. It's actually something that we try to really focus on is we do a lot of flights at the bar. And so you have a number of different mezcals and you get to try, okay, this flight shows off different varietals. This flight shows off different regions it stuff is from. We have an illegal illegal flight that shows off uh, barrel aging on Mezcal, which you'll see barrel aging a lot in tequila. You actually almost never see it in Mezcal. And, Why is that? Uh, because it, it would be kind of wasted, I think, on some of the varietals that they use because mm-hmm. some of those, you want to taste them young. You get, you get a lot more characteristics. When you start aging stuff, you're going to get the oak. And that oak can be beautiful, but if you're losing out on this plant that took 25 years to mature, you're... Why would you age it at that point? You're going to miss out right, on it. Right, it's already 25 years old. I want to know right. why it's called illegal. Uh, that is a – so they started out not in Mexico, in another place? another country. Another place? Another country <laughs> in, in near Mexico. I can't remember which one. I don't want to say the wrong one. But they had a little um, a little bar, basically, and he would bring it over the border. Oh, there uh, and, and then he went back and started his own brand – and everything. It's it's a pretty cool story, but I'd, I'd let them get into that more. Right? Yeah, That's very cool. Um, All right. So what are we doing for the last thing? Well, so right now you have a cocktail in front of you that's a play on the Vesper cocktail, which mm-hmm. is typically a vodka and gin cocktail. Right. We've replaced the vodka with an Añejo Mezcal from Illegal, and mm-hmm. then you have an agave-based gin, and then instead of a uh, Koki Americano, which would be in the cocktail normally, we use a Japanese sake-based vermouth. And so you get a lot of complexity, a lot of a lot of esters to it, a lot of floral notes, um, really pretty. And then after that, what we're going to do next and last is going to be a flight of different mezcals to really talk about some of the different varietals. This is great. Wait, this but- is that, the last. This oh, this is, is the last. last. This All right. is the last. Okay. While your um, beautiful assistant helps you out, Thank why you, don't Lisa. you talk us through what we're tasting? All right. So we're going to do a flight of four different mezcals here. Each is a totally different varietal. All four from Gracia Dios, mm-hmm. a really fantastic producer. The first one, closest to your blood oranges. By the way, your mm-hmm. blood oranges are... Uh, sprinkled with gusano salt, so okay. warm salt. 
They're gorgeous. Sounds sounds weird, but it's delicious. Wait, did you say worm salt? Worm salt, yep. Like from worms? Oh, oh like yep. to kill worms. Ex- ex- same idea. Yep. Okay. Yep. So they dry <laughs> them out, grind it up with the salt. It's really delicious. Adds uh-huh. a little, just a little extra protein. Okay. Uh, so the first one's going to be the espadine. The the second one is going to be a quiche as uh, a varietal. It's going to be a little bit of a peppery floral, still a little earthy. Uh, it takes 12 to 15 years to mature. The third one is tobola, which takes about 15 years to mature. Uh, Brian, one of my counterparts at Agave Room, that's his favorite varietal. And then the last one is Tepachate, which is my favorite varietal. I've really fallen in love with that one. You get sort of some almost pickly briny notes to it. Really complex. How many years to mature? 25. It took me 45, actually. <laughs> so, some Tepachates take 35, so up there. Yeah, I remember those kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, this All is right. terrific. We gonna All try right. It? All right. We are going to try it, but it's time to wrap up. So tell us, please, where we can find you and everything you guys are doing yes. at Roofers and Agave. Yeah, so Agave Room is on our first floor. We also have a streetery there. That's at Roofers Union. Beautiful rooftop on in Ems Morgan. Beautiful view of 18th Street. We are opening a Gavi room Tuesday through Saturday, happy hour from 5 to 7. We'd love to see you out there. Excellent. Thank he you. Can you just tell stuff. us where you are on Instagram? Uh, a Gavi room, D.C. Excellent. Okay, yep. great. Thank you so much. All right. Uh, so, do you want to say something? I do. I do. I'm going to do my usual thing. Uh, the war in Ukraine is a mess, but uh, we have to help them win. Mm-hmm. And uh, so every week I like to implore people, to, I don't care if it's a dollar or 50 cents, and it can be the Red Cross, it can be Jose's World Central Kitchen, it can be anything. But um, forego the the one latte and send those folks some money because there are millions of – listen, there are refugees all over the world, right? And they all need help. In particular, this is a really gruesome war where we're trading now cluster bombs. So, so they've got to win or Putin's going to be a mess for the rest of Europe. Okay. So send your money to the Ukrainians. Support them on the civilian side, the refugee side, please. Please. Okay. And we want to thank all of you uh, for joining us here today. Uh, In studio, we had a terrific bunch. So many great things happening in and around the city. Go to the listareyouonit.com, the online e-zine that tells you everything that you heard about here today. Of course, you want to check out Industry Night, now on YouTube. So many great conversations happening. Uh, And follow me at N-Y-C-C-I-N-E-L-L-I-S. Instagram, Facebook, Threads, um, and Twitter uh, for a moment. And uh, YouTube, LinkedIn, all the platforms, you can find me there. Um, If you're joining us at the Rammies tonight, um, let's all have a great time. But, you know, eat some food and be safe because y'all drink a lot of booze. Uh, look, Look for me and JP. We'll be there. Drinking the rosé. Pounding rosé on the patio. Patio pounders. All right, everybody. Have a delicious week.